All right, welcome to Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on all things Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat reporter for the Mercury News. It's Friday, which means I'm opening up the mailbag to answer your questions. Got a bunch of good ones about why I don't like James Wiseman for the Warriors and how to fix tanking in the NBA. But let's start with this question from Jay, who writes in, Is Bob Myers a secretly jacked member of the front office? Uh, Yeah. I don't know how much of a secret he is. He played D1 basketball at UCLA. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's that. I mean, it was a while ago. Dude's jacked. Ripped. I mean, he's working. At, I see him all the time, leaving practice, leave, leaving shoot-arounds, having worked out in the gym at Chase Center. He's got the sweat, the, you know, that athleisure look going. Towel around the neck. It's more than the hair that looks good. Just saying. Jacked. Uh, Gary writes in, Do you think the Warriors may be able to buy a late first-round pick this year? Brian Windhorst suggested teams may sell them this year. If so, who do you think is most likely to just sell their pick? Um, So, background. Windhorst reported that because of the loss of revenue a lot of these teams, or all of these teams, are incurring, that they could look to sell their first-round pick. And we know that you're allowed to sell second-round picks. We've seen this happen before. Uh, The Warriors have done this before. But... Uh, they they did it to acquire Jordan Bell uh, a couple years ago, but you're all you you could sell first round. We just don't see it that much because first round picks are so valuable. It hasn't happened in 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 you know several years. Uh, but Winhorst is reporting that this could happen as teams look to save some money. First round picks are expensive, you know. And if you're one of these small market teams, there's a in you know you're picking in the twenties or something. I still don't think a team is going to sell a pick that's really valuable, right? Like nobody's going to sell a lottery pick. Like the Warriors are dealing with a lot of lost revenue, right? Windhorst reported 80% of their revenue basically comes from Chase Center. And so, and a lot of that revenue is obviously ticket sales. They lost seven home games and the gate revenue that would come with that. But they're not going to sell their top five pick. It's too valuable. There's no way. Your fan base would never let you, like, they would never stand for it. You'd lose more money long term, you know, whether the Warriors or any other team in the lottery. But a team, a, a pick in the 20s from a small market team, I could see that happening. Um, those picks I could see going up for sale. Now, I don't know if the Warriors would be willing to purchase that kind of pick. It's going to be enough for them to have to work in a top five rookie, right? This is a veteran. This is going to be a veteran team. And when I say veteran team, it might like the, the average age might not be very high, but it, 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 it is a team that revolves around veterans, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. It's a vet, it's going to be a veteran team just because of those three. They're going to operate as such, uh, I don't know that you want to keep adding more youth into that at this point, especially, like I said, you're going to have to work in a top five pick. You've got a first round pick coming from Minnesota next year. You've got your own first round pick coming over next year. Uh, you got uh, several second round picks. I don't know how many more young, I don't know how many more rookies they want to add to this group within that two year window. Uh, that said, I, you know, maybe if there's a guy that's there in the 20s, in the, in the late first round, that the Warriors just feel like they need to have, well, maybe, you know? If somebody slides, maybe. And the teams that I'd be looking at were the, are the Houston Rockets because uh, it, it's been widely reported that someone for Tita had no business buying the Rockets in the first place. He just didn't have enough money. And now with, you know, the coronavirus pandemic, he's got even less money and he's got to take out loans and uh, all these things. And 
Um, so it wouldn't shock me if the Rockets sold their pick. And if they do, boy, would that be ironic. And to the uh, the great satisfaction of Warriors fans, if they actually bought Houston's pick and got a useful player out of it. The other team, to a lesser extent, was the Oklahoma City Thunder. I still think that ownership uh, will stand behind Sam Presti, who loves these picks. He loves these picks in the 20s. He loves to go get like whatever 6'9 athletic young guy there is with the 20th pick, whatever. Uh, I, I don't see them doing it, but um, Winhorst also reported in that same story that they've been hit pretty hard by the coronavirus, um, that a lot of their money, ownership-wise, is tied up in, in the energy sector, and that's not doing very hot right now. And so maybe they look to sell off a pick, and if they do, it's probably going to be somewhere in the 20s. And then as far as targets go, um, you know, since we're, going all, we're, since we're going in this direction, I picked out a couple not going to spend a lot of time on this, but Jaden McDaniels out of Washington. I mean, Jonathan Charks from The Ringer was on my podcast a few weeks ago. He mentioned McDaniels as a guy who he thinks could rise um, just from a sheer potential standpoint. A ton of athleticism, long at 6'10". He, you know, there's potential there where he could develop into a rim protector. He's got an outside jumper. He's a fluid athlete. He's just really inconsistent, right? Like, he's just, he lacks production. He's one of those coulda, woulda, shoulda guys, not really a productive guy, um, those are guys I typically don't like, but you could do worse, you know, by taking a flyer at the end of the first round. At top five, not so much. Uh, Killian Tilly from Gonzaga. He's a knockdown three-point shooter. Just, you know, classic Gonzaga big. Kelly Olenek, Zach Collins type. Can knock down threes. Great basketball IQ, feel for the game stuff. Uh, is a lottery talent, but just so many injuries through his career. But, you know, if you're if you're picking at the end of the first round... If you can get a lottery talent there, you know, despite the injuries, it's worth a risk. And then uh, Jalen Smith out of Maryland. Uh, somebody told me once, use the term three and B instead of three and D, where three and you know three point shooting and defense, three and B, where it's just three point shooting and blocks. We're really talking about like a Serge Ibaka type, a guy who can shoot threes on offense and then guard the rim, uh, protect the rim on defense. Not necessarily going to be a, compl- a very switchable defender, right? But he can get under the rim, get under the basket you know, protect it, block some shots, and do that kind of thing. Jalen Smith is is sort of one of those guys. Um, so a good question there from Gary. We're going to get to another question about the draft and why I don't like James Wiseman next. Start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. Axios Today host Nyla Boodoo and a team of award-winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends shaping our world. And now let's talk about my bookie. Say it with me. Sports are back, baby. I've been waiting for this day since March, and now that it's here, I've only got one thing on my mind, and that's my bookie. My bookie is a home run, slam dunk, triple overtime, game-winning shot, all wrapped up into one. I love it. You love it. And that should be all you need to hear in order to start betting today. My bookie has up-to-the-minute odds on all of your favorite teams, and with the start of Major League Baseball just well here now, there's never been a better time to start playing. With my bookie, it's easy. You bet, you win. They pay. I'm looking at NBA odds on my bookie right now. With the season restart, um, have ha- having started last night, uh, Thursday night, I'm looking at some of these these wins, these over unders, right for the rest of the regular season. I'm not there's I don't see odds right now of who can make the playoffs, but I'm looking at the Sacramento Kings and what they can do over under for uh, uh, for the rest of their remaining regular season schedule. They've got eight games. They're over under according to my bookie. Three and a half wins. You're going to get a plus 130 payout on that. Good odds, right? Like that's, you can make some dough on that if you put down enough cash. 
Uh, you look at their schedule. They have one of the easiest schedules in the league as far as the remaining schedule goes. They play the, the Spurs tonight. That that could be a win. The Spurs, they don't have half their roster there. They're young. They're about to be rebuilding probably. Uh, the Kings, they have the same record as the Pelicans, and everybody's giving the Pelicans a legit shot to make the Western Conference playoffs. The Kings are pretty good, and they've looked pretty decent in these scrimmages. I think they could beat the Spurs tonight. Then they get the, the Magic on Sunday. The Magic have looked okay. I don't think that's a definite win for Orlando. Um, they play Dallas on Tuesday, probably lose that one. New Orleans on Thursday. We'll see. Like I said, they have the same record. I don't know that New Orleans is that much better uh, than Sacramento, even though they have Zion Williamson. Um, the Kings are without Marvin Bagley III, which is tough. Probably still give the edge to the Pelicans there. But then they play the Brooklyn Nets. That's a that's definitely a win. Like Brooklyn's got nobody there. Um, and then they get Houston, who just lost Eric Gordon, so who knows how could, that could play out. Uh, New Orleans again, and then the Lakers, which is probably a loss. But the Lakers, that's their final game. They could be resting their guys by then. So that could be a win. I think out of those games... You know, you got you got a win against the Spurs, probably a win against the, the Nets. Maybe you take one of those Pelicans games. I, I like the ability to take one of the Orlando or maybe injured Houston uh, resting Lakers games. Three and a half. It's not bad. Uh, you can put the money down. Join today at MyBookie, and they will match your deposit 100%, plus they'll toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. All you got to do is enter the promo code LOCKEDONNBA when signing up. Remember, at MyBookie, the terms are simple. You bet. You win, they pay. Got a question about grizzly bears later on, but let's get to this one from Witta Glizzy on Twitter, who writes in, Why would the Warriors take Onyeka Kangwu over James Wiseman? They'd have three 6'9 centers under contract, and none of them can shoot. Wiseman would have the best jumper day one compared to Marquise Chris or Kevon Looney, in addition to that massive frame. Look, I'm going to probably talk about Wiseman in, in more depth at some point in the, in the next few days before the, uh, the draft lottery and all this stuff, but um, I'm not a Wiseman guy. I've made that clear. Uh, in my big board that I tweeted out uh, last week, I have Anyaka Kungu in my top five from the Warriors and not James Wiseman in my top five. And to be honest, James Wiseman doesn't even crack my top seven or eight, okay? Um, I, I'm not a believer in Wiseman. Uh, as a fit for the Warriors. There's things that I like about his game if I'm a certain... But, you know, he's, he's got this crazy 7-foot-6 wingspan, just unbelievable frame, um, s- ridiculous athlete, like, no doubt. Like, we're talking about a Rudy Gobert-sized person, but probably more athletic. Um, there's potential there. I just don't know that the Warriors need that kind of player, and I disagree that he would have the best jumper from day one. I mean, he... Really small sample size in college that you can't go off of. If you look at his AAU stats, which Real GM has, he shot basically 50% from the free throw line in AAU games. Again, small sample size, but that's sort of what we're working with. You look at the jumper, There's a. it's not as fluid, it's not as consistent as you'd like. I'm not a believer in it. And I don't want a guy coming into the NBA who's taking jumpers when he should be in the low post trying to figure out that part of his game, which I'm not convinced that's there for him. So he's really raw offensively. And there's there's other issues. I talked to Chad Ford, you know, a couple months ago, I think, a month ago, and he's he's talking about there's questions about his work ethic and all these things. Um, so I I don't know. I I don't know if I'm all in on that defensively. Yeah, he can protect the rim from day one. Uh, he's again he's giving you that length that you want, that size that the Warriors quite clearly need and are going to be looking for this off season. But I don't trust him 
when the games matter the most. When and just he's a rookie, right? And you're gonna have to put him on the floor. You're gonna have to pay him a ton of money. You're gonna have to put him on the floor. I don't know if he could play next to Draymond Green, you know, because you're not gonna have floor spacing there. Where you got a guy like a Kungwu who I think from day one can immediately improve the defense because he's switchable. He's got a uh, he's more proven on that end than Wiseman is. All right, he's a better defender right now than Wiseman is. Wiseman is a potential guy. Akungu's better right now, and I think that's what the Warriors are looking for. And then he's got he's got the passing skills. I think his jumper is a work in progress, just like Wiseman's is. So I think that's a that's a draw. I don't, you know. And so that's why I like. Yeah, he's he's six nine. He's smallish, but that's where the league is going. I, I know that there are bigger centers. They need bigger bodies. The Warriors do, but you can find that. With the MLE or a minimum contract, go get a big body somewhere else. Sign sign Bismack Biombo for the minimum. There, big body. Put him in your bullpen. You've got him in case you need him when you play Steven Adams or Nikhil Jokic or Joel Embiid or whoever. You got him in case you need him. But you don't need him on every game. Those centers are fewer and further between. And James Wiseman, maybe he's a generational defensive talent like Rudy Gobert is. Probably not. Gobert is a, is more than just size. He is a genius defender. So what we're really looking at is more of like an Andre Drummond type. Andre Drummond's fine, but he doesn't make winning plays. He's not a winning basketball player. We saw Detroit have to trade him. Do you want Andre Drummond? I don't think so. I think you'd rather have, best case scenario, like a Bam Adebayo, who a Kungu sort of uh, gets compared to a lot. So give me a Kungu every day of the week. Absolutely. Um, A-Rod writes in, would the Hawks be willing to give up Kevin Herter? Uh, no, probably not. If the Warriors called the top five pick, Atlanta would have to think about it, I would imagine, but that's not even a deal, for sure. They like Kevin Herter a lot. I think he'd be a good fit for the Warriors. Kind of fits all the things that they need, but I don't know that Atlanta wants to trade him anytime soon. They like him. They hit on that draft pick. It's a good win for them. Um, okay. Got another email about tanking. Got a question about Grizzly Bears coming up. This is Locked on Warriors. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Warriors on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Please rate, review, and say nice things. Thanks to MyBookie for sponsoring today's show. You can send your comments and questions to me on Twitter at WC Goldberg or email them to me at wgoldberg at bayarianewsgroup.com. Speaking of emails, I got this email from Kevin who writes in, Hi Wes, I enjoy the work that you put into covering the Warriors. I recently wrote this to Warriors Huddle, but thought I might send it to you as well. Shout out to Warriors Huddle. Maybe they'll answer this too. Um, I think I just went on there on that podcast last week or this week. Uh, it could be a fun podcast to visit ways the NBA can improve or changes we'd like to see. Here's one idea that should improve the NBA by making tanking a useless tactic. Make a quote-unquote loser bracket playoffs for the non-playoff teams. What do they play for? They would play for the number one draft pick or at least more ping pong balls to significantly increase their chances at the number one pick. For example, if there was such a playoff this year, the Warriors would be the number eight seed and would play the number one seeded Portland Trailblazers. Um, But I think by doing this, teams would most likely not tank and fans would be more engaged with teams not making the real playoff since the draft order is on the line. Um, I Decent... Decent idea in theory. The problem here is that the NBA playoffs are at a point where if you're the eighth seed, you really got no chance to really do anything. Um, and so I could see certain teams 
that are in line to get the eighth seed tank at the end of the year to try to end up in this tournament and have a chance at earning the number one pick. Because ostensibly, if you're the eighth seed, or if you're in line for the eighth seed in the playoffs in your conference, you should be able to win this tournament over you know the fifth like a fifteen win twenty win team. Like you're much better. You're you're a borderline playoff team. And so you've got a real good chance. You've got to really like your chances if you enter that tournament, if you tank your way into that tournament, to end up with the number one pick. I think what you're going to end up doing here is you're going to be punished. You're going to have teams that just because of the timing of implementing this thing are going to be at the bottom of this draft and might not be able to work their ways, their work their way up and end up with a number one, number two, number three pick the way that they used to. And so they're just going to be mired in like just being at the bottom of the league standings for years and years and years while that middle class you know, gets richer. And now you've got this disparity between the lower class and upper class in the NBA, the haves and have-nots, and you're starting to eliminate that middle class, right? Because you're just loading up these middle class teams with top draft picks, potentially. Um, I do think that maybe something... At the end of the year, look, the, the NBA is thinking about doing a play-in tournament. I think that'll be really helpful. That, to me, curbs tanking more because if you're one of these teams toward the end of the year that has a chance to get into this play-in tournament to get that eighth spot, that seventh spot, something like that, maybe you might be more willing. It just it sort of extends the window of being actually mathematically in it to make the playoffs. So with that, you probably curb tanking a little bit. I just still don't see tanking as that big of a problem. I really don't like uh, if you're if you're a fan of a team that's tanking. Like I'm a I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. They tanked all year last year. I loved it. I knew that we we're gonna get a quarterback. We ended up drafting Tua. Like I was in on it. Like I'm tired of sucking. So go ahead and tank. It gives me hope. I'd rather have that hope of tanking for a year and just think about that. I didn't watch every Dolphins game, and who cares? I didn't. I enjoyed the football season. I don't care. And so if your team's tanking, it gives you hope, I think. And if you're not a fan of that team, then why do you care so much if that team's tanking? Circle it as a win on your schedule. Move on. I don't think tanking's as big of a problem as people make it out to be. Scott writes in, who would win in a basketball game to 11? Five Draymonds versus five Grizzly Bears. Um, well, if it was a game to 11, I still think Dray- the five Draymonds get to 11 faster than the Bears. But I think the Grizzly Bears would just murder the Draymond Greens. And so nobody would ever get to 11. So however you want to count that as a win uh, is up to you. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Stay safe.